Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Gluttony Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott here. I just turned 48 years old and I grew up on so many projects with uh, Burgess Meredith in it. And we're so blessed to talk to his granddaughter, uh, Annie May. How are you, Annie? I'm good, Scott. How are you? I, I just, I'm great, and it's a, an honor to talk to the Penguin's granddaughter. That's <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. So tell me, uh, I know he was married a few times. Where do you come along in the picture there? So it's kind of an interesting story. So Burgess' older brother, George, was actually my biological grandfather, but George passed away in 1961, um, long before I was born. And so Burgess kind of took on the role as grandfather in my life, and I didn't know that he wasn't my biological grandfather um, until months after his passing. But he essentially really raised my sister and I. We spent about half the year with him and half the year with my parents in the Midwest. So you got to spend a lot of time with him. Oh, yes. Yep. Did he live there in the middle of Hollywood? He lived in Malibu, right on the coast. Ah, I bet that. So you probably grew up uh, swimming a lot and uh, uh, surfing. (laughs) (laughs) It was not so adventurous, but yes, swimming for sure. Tell me what kind of grandfather he was. Was he very involved with you guys? He was. He, I, I tell people often that he, is a, he was a kind of grandfather that you would expect him to be. You know, kind of that stereotypical, overly caring um, grandfather, which I, at the time in my life, I needed. And he was really the only person in my life who showed me what unconditional love looked like and so if it wasn't for him you know i don't know where i would be right now actually would would he uh play with you guys and play characters or read books to you at night as characters all of the above and he would even call uh, when we were with him he would he'd call every week friday at 4 p.m and we'd have a phone conversation and if i was a not you know if i had had a not so great day he would usually call as the penguin trying to make <laughs> laugh. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. that is awesome. Did, did he spoil you guys or was he strict or uh, what was his approach um, on that? So my parents, to speak a little bit candidly, um, weren't, gave presents, not love. And so Burgess knew that. So he kind of took the opposite approach. He gave love, not gifts. I, we've actually very seldom received a, a physical gift from him. Wow. Did you yeah. understand as a kid how famous your granddad was? Um, no, I would say not, except that, I mean, I knew that he was an actor, so we would go, we'd walk over to the Malibu library nearly every day and look through the collection of VHS tapes, you know, for loan. And I would go through every one and ask if he was in it. And, <laughs> you know, 
uh, I, I'm sure he must have been so annoyed, but he never let on. Um, so I knew he was an actor, and we were always with him. We'd walk over also to his P.O. box every morning before breakfast, and he'd pick up his mail because it was just it was literally across the street from where he lived. Um, and so at breakfast, he would open up his fan mail, but like it still doesn't, you know, it didn't dawn on me so much. I, I just thought they were nice letters from, you know, people sending pictures of him um, as the penguin usually. Um, but no, I didn't, I, I didn't fully grasp, you know, his fame, I guess. What years were this? Was he active by the time you're kind of around him this much? Yeah, this is from 1990 to 1996, and he passed in 1997. Um, so um, he had almost altogether retired. He'd occasionally do like a voiceover for like Sargento Cheese and, and Arby's or something. Um, we did he Grumpy was, Old Men, right? Yes, exactly. So that's what I was going to get to. Um, uh, that was in 19, I think that shot from 1992. In the sequel shot in nineteen ninety five, I believe. It came out in ninety five. It was so it shot in ninety. I think it's towards the end of ninety four. Yeah. Ah. Okay. And and did you get to go to the, any of these sets, or just Grandpa had to go to work? Um, the first one we did, like my family did, but I don't really have many memories of it. But the second one, we we they shot you know around the St. Paul, Minnesota area. And which is where we close to where we lived, so it wasn't that much of a drive anyway. So I, I remember very well uh, my time on that set with him <laughs> for the sequel, Grumpier Old Men. Had to been a blast. It, it was. It was. It really, and he enjoyed it so much. And it was, you know, everyone really knew each other and loved each other on that set, the cast and the crew. So it was a great kind of swan song for him it comes through in the film that everyone was yeah. pretty tight i think you know totally yeah i your, agree your granddad was a veteran did he ever talk about being in the service um not so much and i often wonder why you know he i think it was it was a it was hard on him in that he was drafted and he, you know, he served quite quite a bit of time, and then he came back, and his career, like you know, in Hollywood, kind of forgot about him. After after he got back, there were no parts for him. There was nothing. His you know his career kind of took a nosedive. Mm -hmm. um, I know he was proud of his his work, his time, um, his service, but he didn't really speak much about it. That's interesting. Well, you never know what yeah. he might have gotten into, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. So your your granddad played Elvis Presley's father oh, in a movie. Yeah. Did he ever talk about Elvis? Yeah. He he hated the movie, loved Elvis. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, the movie was done strictly because he needed the the money at the time to be frank but he loved working with Elvis they actually got along like like famously but yeah that stay away Joe yeah not not either of their best works but you know I'm so glad it exists I don't think any of the Elvis movies I mean I'm a huge Elvis fan but the movies oh, oh I live two hours from Graceland I mean it's like the capital oh. to me you know 
totally. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you about, I grew up on the reruns of the Batman show and just, sure. it's one of my favorite things. Do you know how he came to be the Penguin? Did he ever speak about that or any of the co-host or co-stars? Yeah, of course. He was good friends with William Dozier, yep. who who produced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of, you know, he was William Dozier's first pick for the Penguin. And, you know, originally it wasn't supposed to be, <clears throat> pardon, it wasn't supposed to be this, you know, a reoccurring role. Like, Burgess thought it was going to be, oh, maybe for two or three episodes. Ah. And, then, and then that was it. Um, but then, like... I don't know. Like, I think he did 21. I know. Yeah. Something about the penguin struck a chord with, with the audience, and they kept inviting him back, and, and you know he was happy to do it. Yeah, I've always heard they kept a script on hand for him in, in the event he was available. Because people yeah, love the penguin, you know? No, totally. And he was working um, on Broadway at the time, so he was kind of traveling between you know both coasts. So he was, he was busy. How do you feel today when you walk in Target and, and there's action figures to this day of your grandfather? I love it. It never gets old, honestly. I know some people would be like over it or whatever, but like I could not love it more, actually. I guess you grew up mostly in California. You're still in California? I am now. Yep. I, I live in L.A. That's uh, That's a busy town. You know, it, it really is, and I'm to be honest, I'm, I'm starting to kind of get over it. You know, I've been here for five years, um, and I'm <laughs> kind of looking elsewhere, actually. But we'll see how that goes. Well, come to Little Rock; we'd love to have you. You know, that's what I was thinking. I, was, I, I actually want to travel in that area and just see what it's like. I've never been. Well, I've been to your, where you're at quite a bit, and uh, yeah. Arkansas is home. Um, there's not, not a lot of catfish restaurants in Los Angeles. I noticed no, that right off the bat. That's, no. <laughs> you can't find a cracker barrel. Just no, no That's such thing. Okay. I, I literally drove to, this is so funny, a couple of weeks ago to Arizona just to have cracker barrel and Texas roadhouse. Oh, neither of those exist. In this area, <laughs> it's a. So. I've always thought you could a southerner could go out there and start a restaurant and make a billion dollars once he got everybody right. addicted to all this stuff out here. Totally. <laughs> Did you go into movie oriented uh, work or no? Um, kind of. So I am a dental office manager by day and a 16-millimeter film archivist by hobby or by night, I guess. Um, what is shot on 16-millimeter these days? All these old... It's not old films. I preserve old films. Oh, that's cool. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing your grandfather might be in some of them. Yeah, yeah he is. Really? Now, what is that process like? Are, are you scanning... Uh, the negatives or, or restoring things? What do you do there? I'm restoring the prints. I wish I had a scanner um, because there are so many films that people need to see that there's just not there's no accessibility to them. No, I just um, restore the actual prints. I got gotcha. you. I got well. Somebody yeah. needs to do it because that stuff will deteriorate over time. Yeah, and just no, be lost. 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I asked you earlier about Clash of the Titans, and your grandpa was, of course, a big part of that. And uh, that mm -hmm. movie is extremely popular. It's been remade, and there's even a right. sequel. Yeah. Y you know, what did he think about the merchandising back then? And, and was it a fight for him to get a piece of that? I mean, there were toys of him with Clash of the Titans. Right. Um, you know, he never really spoke much about it. He was one of those people that he just went in, did his job, and left. I wish I, you know, that would have been a great question. I can ask my mother, too, actually. That would be a great question to ask her um, regarding the Penguin merchandising, the Batman merchandising. But I know that he just kind of, you know, went in, did his job, and left, and, and didn't care about much else. Because I get asked also often if he kept any props, or anything, which he or costumes, and he never did. But the one thing he did always keep um, were his scripts. He basically hoarded every single script he ever had. Um, so that was kind of his thing, and and film posters of movies he did. That was his thing also. But have you um, retained some of that stuff? Do you have some of the scripts? Oh yes, yeah. oh yes, most of them. Wow, um, even Batman scripts. Um, we have a couple of them. Yeah. Wow, very, Not very, so very many, cool. But there are a couple, yeah. I was a huge fan of G.I. Joe, and he actually ends up being a character, a voiceover in, in the G.I. Joe film. What do you know about yeah. that? I, he, so that was in the late 80s, yep. right? Yep, 87. Yeah. <laughs> he did, if you go through his filmography on Internet Movie Database, which you should. He did so many voiceovers in cartoons in, like, the mid to late 80s, just, like, knocked them out, like, for the most obscure films, which, by the way, a lot of people don't know that he was the voice of Puff the Magic Dragon in Puff the Magic Dragon for all three uh, sequels, for the original and the two sequels. Those were um, 70s, weren't they? Late 70s? Or those, those were, yeah. Those yeah. were 70s, but... Yeah. I, I didn't know he was Puff the Magic Dragon, but I remember yeah. that being very popular. Yes. So that was, I think that was his first um, voiceover for an animated feature. And then he, you know, he loved it because he just went in, spoke, and left. And so that was kind of like, you know, win-win for him. Um, but I don't, I can't really give anything specific about um, his voicing in the G.I. Joe animated feature honestly the movie's like, bad <laughs> is it i haven't even seen oh it, so the, i i'm a huge out, fan of the cartoon and then the movie comes along and uh, it is awful but <laughs> okay. you know it just steered too way of too far from the original stuff i've got to ask you about probably beyond the penguin most people associate your grandfather as being of course mickey in, in the first three Rocky films, you know, did he speak yeah. a lot about uh, Stallone and working on these, these movies? He loved, loved his time on Rocky. He, he loved working with Sly, um, and he loved the character. It was just um, a good experience for him, and, you know, I, that to me... It depends on what circle, I guess, but, like, I think he's almost more known for Mickey than the Penguin. I mean, if not, it's very, very close. I, You know, I guess because it's probably later, it's probably newer 
then uh, and Rocky just never goes away. Yeah, never. That's a, they have a huge, huge worldwide fan base. Yeah, now he's making those films based on the Cre- uh, Apollo Creed son, and yeah. it kind of keeps yeah. going. Now, didn't he make an appearance, even though his character had died? He appears in one of the yeah. later ones in a flashback or something? Yep, exactly. That was in Rocky Five. I believe the year was 1990 when that one came out, um, which he actually was happy to do because I don't want to give any spoiler. I don't want to spoil Rocky Three for anyone, but he didn't like the way his character kind of left the Rocky saga in Rocky Three. So when he was asked to do, to come back in the fifth one, which he thought for sure would never happen, like he thought he was for sure done with this character, um, he was able to put, you know, the heart and soul into it that he wished he could have in Rocky three. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice way for him to, you know, it's, give Mickey his. It's kind of interesting. You know, Stallone is going back and re-editing. He's about to re-release part four. That's supposedly a lot different than how we all know it. So it's the yeah. movies that will never die. Was not your grandfather nominated for an Academy award? for his role in the first Rocky? He was. Um, and it's kind of funny. He, the, his first Academy Award nomination just ever was in 1975 for a wonderful film called The Day of the Locust. And then the very next year, he was nominated for Rocky. So it was like, you know, how many years had gone by, no nomination. And then two in a row, you know. <laughs> did the award thing mean a lot to him? Was Did he talk about that? Was there a place where they were all displayed? No, not really. It didn't really mean too much. He had won a couple of Tonys and an, an Emmy for um, Tail Gunner. I believe it's Tail Gunner Joe. Um, and he just kept him in his office. It wasn't really such a big deal to him. I mean, it really couldn't have been, he, you know, he acted, he had a 60-year acting career. So if he was just going to do it based on, you know, the merit of an award, it, it wouldn't have lasted that long. Hey, Annie, tell me, did he end up, and if he didn't, he should have, is there a Hollywood Walk of Fame? Is there a star with your granddad's name somewhere? Yes, there is, and I haven't visited it in years. But yes, there is. It's next to the W Hollywood Hotel if I can remember correctly, uh, almost across the street from the Pantages. So there is. He does have one. He got it in, I want to say, 87, 1987. I don't know how involved that is to get one of those, but he definitely, certainly uh, deserved it. Uh, I, I got a minute, just a minute left. Which of the Batman, the co-stars, the Joker, whatever... Who was he maybe closest to on the set? Adam West. Really? Yes, they loved each other. He loved Adam. He had such a, as Burgess said, he had such a, um, um, had kind of an old school sense of humor and they, and they clicked right away. Batman and the Penguin were the best of friends. That's pretty neat. <laughs> yep. That's very, very cool. We've almost lost everybody from that cast now. Um, yeah, I know. The show is forever. <laughs> yeah, thank for you, sure. Thank you so much, for Annie, for coming on and, and talking about your awesome uh, grandfather. It's my pleasure, Scott.